on, church. Let's stand and worship. I once was dead in sin, alone and hopeless. Come on, church. A child of wrath, I walked condemned in darkness. This is our story. Oh, but your mercy brought new life, and in your loving kindness, you raised me up with Christ and made me righteous. One, two, three, you have bought me back with the riches of your amazing grace and relentless love made life forever with your life forever by your Lord, you are the light that broke the darkness. Oh, you satisfy my soul when I am heartless. If we ever forget, if ever I forget my true identity, show me who I am and help me to believe you have bought me back with the riches of your amazing grace and relentless love I made alive forever with your life forever by your grace I'm saved
Peter 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last times. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. He's our living hope. How great the chasm lay between us. High the mountains I could not climb Desperation I turned to heaven And I spoke your name into the night Through the darkness Your love and kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul The work is finished, the end is written Jesus Christ, my living Who could imagine so great a mercy could fathom such boundless grace The God of ages stepped down from glory To wear my sin and bear my shame The cross is spoken! The cross is spoken, I am forgiven The King of kings calls me Breathe. How 
out of the silence The roaring lion Declares the grave has no claim on me Then came the morning That seals the promise Your buried body Began to breathe Out of the silence talk about Vacation Bible School. I have a lot of you guys signed up, but I need more kids. So if you're not signed up, go to churchbythebeach.org and sign up. Uh, is, was it okay to wear this bucket in church? I mean, is that okay? I mean, I, 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 mean, I think it's okay. Um, so the reason I'm wearing this, yes, I look silly, but guess what? It's all for the kids, right? Um, so if you are a kid, I want you to raise your hand. By age, not by, you know, just saying you are. Praise the Lord. Um, so I have these buckets. Me and Miss uh, Andrea went shopping yesterday. And we wanted to get the stuff for the virtual vacation Bible school. You say virtual. Well, it is. We're going to do it on the screens. But then we're going to have your supplies in here. We're going to have the different snacks and everything. Everything that you need in order to complete the vacation Bible school. Okay. So, who's ready for vacation Bible school? I know I am. Say, praise the Lord. All right. So, we're going to do a game today. And so, I don't know. We're, we, got double, we got double vision going on. Who's ready for double vision? Are you ready for double vision? All right. So, what's gonna, how this is going to happen is you can see, you're going to have two of everything on the screen, but there's going to be one thing that is going to be by itself. So I need some help. Miss Margie needs help all, all the time. But especially today, are you ready? Can you do it? Oh, come on, I need to, can you do it? Say yeah! 
All right. All right, here we go. All right, so which one only has, that has one that's uh, not the double? Who, which one? I need to hear you. Nintendo 64, you throwing it back. There you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, anybody else got any guesses? Oh, it was the remote. Okay, sorry, guys. We got, we got some more coming. All right, here we go. What's the next one? All right, let's see. What do we got? Is it the I hear the fish. Anybody else got any guesses? I need, some, I need to hear some of my kids. The fish. Anybody else? Different guess. All right. What is it? Oh, it's the fish. All right. All right. Let's see. Now we got another one. Um, let's see. Look quickly. Look quickly. I hear carrot. No, I think it's the popcorn. No? No? Okay. All right. Well, let's see. It's the carrot. We got it. All right. Let's keep moving. Let's see what's the next one. All right. Let's see. Is it the heart? The donut? I hear donut. Any other guesses? Any? Any others? Do we, do we think it's the donut? All right, let's go. What is it? Oh, it's the donut. We got it. All right, let's keep moving. All right, here we go. Um, what else we got? I hear, I hear some. The snowflake. Um, is it wintertime? No, but I thought I'd throw that in there just for fun. Let's see if it's the snowflake. You guys are some bright people. You guys are some smart people. All right, let's keep moving. All right, so last week I said I was going to talk about what? Love. You got it. So Miss Margie's going to talk about love. All right, so the scripture for today is Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, there is no such things against this, against these things. So today, uh, we were going to talk about love, and love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud. But I would like to stop there, and that's found in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, because I would like to stop and pray, all right? Um, because we need to make sure we do our best to try to show love to one another. So let's pray about how we would show love to each other, okay? Dear Holy Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everything you've given us, God. I pray for these kids. I pray for their families, God. I pray for each and every one that is in here, God. Thank you that I'm able to serve um, this church, God. I thank you for uh, allowing me to be here, God. I ask you right now, God, to bless um, our time together and bless the message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Margie, you got to get your Bible in your oh, bucket. No, no. <laughs> uh, isn't it great to be in church? Come on, amen. All right. Now, that's fine if, it, if you're clapping for me, but we're clapping for Jesus Christ. So we give, can we give Jesus a round? Come on. Amen. Yes. Uh, I am just so excited. And listen, um, you guys got to do better than the first service. All right. So help me out. The first service did great, but I just want to make sure that I get you guys hyped up just a tad bit, all right? So anyway, um, so what we're going to do is, and, and listen, I want you guys to understand something here. Um, I, I don't take it lightly when, when I um, 
put together my messages and, and that I allow God to put them together. And um, I really been felt compelled to do this sermon series that we're going to get into for the next seven weeks. And the sermon series is called Letters. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a look in the book of Revelation. Okay. And we're going to look in chapters two and three for the next seven weeks. And we're going to look at the letters that were written, how they can uh, be applied within our lives. And, and we're going to break them down systematically verse by, excuse me, verse by verse. So, but before we get into that, I want to have a word of prayer with you this morning. All right. Father, we're just so humbled and just so grateful, God, to be here and to be in your presence, Lord, as we always are. And Father, I just, I, I pray right now for all of us who are here in attendance, those who are watching online this morning, God, that if there's any distractions, if there's anything, Lord, that could pull our attention away, Lord, from what it is that you're trying to communicate to us, God, I just pray, God, that that will stop right now. And Lord, that we will be able to focus on your words, your message, your interpretation for us so that we can better understand and apply your words, your scripture to our lives, God. And we thank you and we praise you ahead of time for what you're going to do in this place. In Christ's name and the church says, amen. amen. All right. Revelation chapter two. I got a lot to get into. Revelation chapter two, verses one through seven. Let's go ahead and break down these verses. Read them real fast and we'll break them down. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. You might want to circle that word for later on. I know that you cannot tolerate, you might want to circle that one too, wicked people. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered, circle it, and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Verse 4. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Verse 7, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. So the book of Revelation is really all featured around one central figure. And that central figure is Jesus Christ. It is the unveiling of the God who became man for you and I. Now, we understand this. Jesus not only is revealed in this uh, book in Revelations as an awesome judge, or as a ruler, but he's also revealed as a lamb that we understand that was spotless without blemish and was slain, sacrificed, and simply slaughtered for our sins. Now, the book of Revelation should be read. It should not be feared, but it should be in reverence. We should respect this book. In fact, when you read the book of Revelation and you listen to those reading or you listen to the teachings that reflect and um, are about the book of Revelation, we know this, the Bible tells us you will be blessed. Who in here would love to have a blessed moment, right? Absolutely. The book of Revelation teaches us things that are restored in the spiritual realm as well as humanity. 
It teaches us that Satan will be bound up and that his attempt to overthrow God's kingdom will be interrupted. It will fail and it will be interrupted and failed all because of the central figure that we know that the book of Revelation is about. And that is who? None other than Jesus Christ himself. We know that Jesus presides over his church. He is considered to be what? The high priest for he has what? Redeemed us. Now, there's some sayings within the world. Um, one is this, is what we are in right now, could it be considered as the end, uh, or the end times or the end of the world? Many people today believe that that is so. It could happen within our lifetime. Others are saying that this is part of the evolution process. I come against that one. Some are saying that this is the judgment of God upon the world. Not going to really argue that either, you know. But these things we do know must come to the pass in order for the very end to be. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that God is speaking to us as a society, as a culture, and as a world today. Many things that are happening around us can have some uncertainty about them, but we do know this, that God brings certainty and he is clear in his voice to humanity. I want you to know this. When God speaks... It is clear. There should be no confusion about it. When God speaks, we are to move and we are to act upon it. And many of us can say we've never heard the voice of God. Okay, I agree. But we can get the voice of God through his scriptures. That is something that is available to us always. So there's no doubt in my mind that God is moving within our society and our world right now. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at five different things that we need to consider as we read this first letter. And we're going to break down each letter for the next seven weeks. Revelation chapter two, verse one. Let's start it again. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Now, when Jesus says, that I have written you a letter, what do we need to do? Well, we need to read that letter. We need to pay attention to it because obviously there's gonna be certain things in it that we need to be able to bring an application into our lives. Let me help you out here. The, the Bible in its entirety is to be applied in your life, not just certain passages or, or segments of it, but it was written for all of humanity. When God speaks, we are to what? Listen. When we, when we read in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see the red letters. What do those red letters represent? The words of Jesus. What do we do? We place special emphasis on them. So what we have here is that Jesus is speaking to his church. So number one, what I want you to understand, if you have notes, you can go to churchbythebeach.org. I forgot to mention that earlier. We have a passage there called Latest Message. It has the notes there for you. You can add your own stuff in and email them to yourself. But the first thing that we want to look at is this. I am saying something. Now listen. I'm saying something. Now listen. Who is the I in this? Well, it's Jesus Christ. God, I believe, is using this season and this moment for, to, in order to communicate to us, and we must listen. Listen, he says this, the letter is referenced to the angel of this church. Now, what I need you to understand here, angel translated in the original language is real simple, anglos. And how that is translated is simply this, meaning messenger. 
So what is happening here is Jesus is communicating his message to the church's messenger. And we would say, well, that would be the pastor of the church. That's how we would look at that. Now, what you need to understand is Ephesus was a great city of commerce. Lots of money moved through this city. It was an epicenter. It, uh, they worshipped uh, Artemis or Diana, who was considered to be a chief goddess of this city. So it definitely had its flaws. The word Ephesus means desirable or delightful. It can also mean welcoming or, and I told you to circle this one in, uh, in the passage earlier, tolerant. And I don't mean tolerant in a good sense. Now, as a letter is written, there is a challenge that's laid before us. Watch, listen to these words. It says this. These things, says he who hold the seven stars in his right hand. Notice that it is Jesus himself who is holding these seven stars. All right. He is the one who has hold of those seven stars. Now, this is what those seven stars represent. It represents the seven churches. And we as a church today, we are, we are actually represented in one of the churches completely. He addresses to us as the present church. But we can also take away, some, away from something in every church that Jesus is writing a letter to. So we know this, that what? In his hand is what? The seven stars, which is also what? The seven churches. All right, now let's move on. Well, hold on. But he put those seven stars or the seven churches and he's holding them in a significant position in his right hand. Anytime you see within scripture and it's referencing the right hand, it's referencing power, it's referencing protection and it's referencing strength. So we know this, that Jesus has us as the body of believers and as the church, what? In his right hand. Not that we have to represent the power and, the, and, 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 and have the strength. Because listen, there are moments in our lives where we, are power, we feel like we have no power. Am I right? You've gone through trials and tribulations where you think you can't go on. But Jesus says, I've got you in my hand. We see that in many passages of scripture, but we even see it more clearly here in the book of Revelation. That to me gets me excited, sorry. Moves on to say, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Now, what is he saying here? It's time for us to listen. We need to, this is a moment. Right now, the church is communicating more and spreading the light of Jesus more than I've ever seen within my lifetime. The avenues through technology and, and, and now we finally get to gather again and, 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 and drive in services and, and, and podcasts and you know, whole kinds of stuff, social media that we're able to express the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, in and, and one sense, I look at, wow, you know, Jesus put me in this season. And another sense, I go, wow, Jesus put me in this season. Right? Like, he has given me a platform. He has given you a platform to communicate his gospel in such a way that what? People are listening. I love it because he says he's walking in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. What does that represent? That means Jesus is with me wherever I'm going. Why? Because I'm a light into this world. I represent one of them. 
and he's walking in my midst. Not only does he have me in his right hand, not only does he have us as a church with his, in his right hand, but he is also walking as we're going through this thing called life. Love it. Jesus has been holding his church and he's going to continue to hold his church until his church comes. I was having a conversation before the first service with a group of people and uh, we were talking and, and it just, it hit me. I said, you know what, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quick. We, we should be looking forward to that day that he comes in for his church. Whatever circumstance you're in, whatever is happening around you, we can be assured of this, that what Jesus is with us. He's not separated himself from us. In fact, we are saturated. I love that word. Saturated in his presence. All right, second thing. We have this. I am showing you something. Now look. I'm showing you something. In other words, don't just listen. But now I'm showing you something, all right? Um, I, I find it, you, you guys know I've got three, three sons. One's in the Navy, and we've got two at home right now. One's nine, and one's six. The six-year-old, he's right over there, he's playing on his phone, or my phone probably, right? But when he wants to show you something, he is so persistent. Like, you will look at this, and I'm not going to stop and see, Daddy, look. Daddy, now. Daddy, look. Daddy, now. Dad, 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 Dad. Regardless of what I'm doing, I better drop everything and go straight to whatever he's doing. And, and, and I've learned to do this. Just, I'm just going to go do it just so I can shut him up, you know, and go over there. And, and, and half the time I ended up getting, you know, engulfed in whatever he's involved in. But, but I say that, why? Because he's got something in his mind that is so valuable and so important to him that he feels there is a need to share it with me. How much more is Jesus trying to get your attention and saying, look, it's not just enough to listen to what I'm saying, but look around you at what I am doing. All right, well, first, first service did way better with that, so. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, Revelation chapter two, verse two says this. I know your deeds and your hard work. Another, he's saying this way. I, I'm not uninformed. I know what you've done. I see the effort here, right? And here you go, here's your word. Perseverance, in other words, under intense scrutiny. I've seen what you have gone through. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. Amen. Don't look at your spouse on that, all right? That you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, in other words, they were able to distinguish between the false teachings and what the real gospel message was. They were able to distinguish that because it says what? And found them false. Now, here's what we can notice about this church. They are a Bible-believing church. They love the doctrines of God, but understand, it's not just enough to listen and to look. There's a scripture in James chapter one, and I love this. It says this way, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. But what, what? Do what it says. In other words, be a doer as a disciple. Don't just be a consumer and get all that you can get. Get what you can get, but make sure when you get it, you're giving it. Are you following me? You, 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 you were designed to be a transfer unit. Are you following me? Like it's gonna come and then it needs to flow right back out of you. 
Why? So that you can make a difference in people's lives. The Great Commission fulfilling it. It's fantastic. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. I just messed up. Here we go. James chapter 1. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Now, let me, have, let me ask you. How many of you looked in the mirror this morning? All right. Some of you are like, I'm natural. It's all natural. I don't need no mirror, pastor. Yeah, you do. All right. So anyway, 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 anyway. So you got up this morning. You went through your routine, right? You did your deal. You got a shower bath or you're getting yourself whatever. Guys, you clean shaven or you got your line, you, good lines, you know. And, and, and ladies, you put your face on. <laughs> did you like that? You put your face on. All right. You did your hair. You know, you did, you did all that stuff. And, and, and then you made sure as you're looking and you're seeing the reflection that it's presentable for you to leave the house. Okay. Why? Because you want people to see the best side of you, not the worst side of you. Right. And so here's what happens within life. Imagine for a moment. Think about this for a second. Imagine if you only looked in the mirror today, but then tomorrow you went, hmm, I'm going to go off of yesterday's reflection. Thank you. <laughs> Good Lord. And then the next day you're like, I'm going to go off of Sunday's reflection. And then Wednesday I'm going to go off of Sunday's reflection. Let me help you out. It's not helping you out. You're not helping none of us out, right? I, I say that simply for this reason. It, you know, the word of God, is, it's a, it reflects back into us what the things within our, our spirit realm, our soul, our character, our attributes, the things that we need God to work on and bring change into our lives. So it's not just enough for us to, uh, you know, casually take a look in his word. Because if you casually just got yourself ready every morning, well, you wouldn't do it every morning. You would do it casually whenever you feel like it. And you, your life would be a wreck. I don't want your spiritual life to be a wreck. Jesus said it's not only enough to listen, but what we need to, we need to apply this word. We need to allow him to bring the change that is necessary. All right. Wow, I got to hurt. You know what's great? This is the last service. The first service, I got to be real tight on time. This service, I get to be a little bit like padded. All right. All right, here we go. Number three, I'm working in you now lean into it. You ever had a conversation? How about this? You're in church. And praise and worship's going on and the person beside you wants to talk. So you, what do you do? What? What did you say? Because obviously you're going to talk to me while I'm trying to worship God. It must be far more valuable than what my worship is right now. Did you like that? That was good. That was to help Brad out. He should have took appreciation to that. All right. But why, why do we lean in when people's voice can't be heard? Well, because we feel that there's something valuable there. And we want to hear what is being spoken. Because it must be very important. So what do we do? We lean into it. When Jesus speaks, he's saying, look, I need you to lean into this. Because I, I, I'm going to do, I, I'm working in you and lean into it. Because there's a lot of value here. Revelation chapter 2, verse 3 says, you have persevered. That's the second time, right? And have endured hardship a second time. For my name and have not grown weary. So perseverance, hardship. Not growing weary. These are fantastic traits. They're great things for us to have. Why? Watch this. Let's go to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 this time. It says this, consider it pure. Everybody say pure. pure. 
pure, right? Why pure? Because when something's pure, there's like no badness about it. That's the only word that could come to my mind. I'm sorry. Probably a really bad adjective to, to, to explain it. But there's nothing corrupt about it. There we go. That's what I was looking for. So it's pure, right? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, that whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you're going to. You're going to face some. Some of you are going through some stuff right now, and I'm really sorry about that. And we're going to be praying with you as a church, and we're going to believe God with you. Some of you have came out of some stuff. We're rejoicing with you in that. We're celebrating that with you. But some of you are about to go into some stuff, and that's your warning. Consider it pure joy of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith, what does it do? It produces perseverance. Last week, we talked about the normal, the abnormality, and then the new normal, right? What happens in the abnormality? It's preparation for what God's taking you into. So when we're in that perseverance and we're going through that hardship and we're not growing weary, that's God doing the work with inside of us, preparing us for what he's gonna do moving forward. That's exciting. All right. Um, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God says he's working in us. Here's your challenge. What's he doing in your life right now? What are the areas that you could say, I'm feeling God moving and working? Lean into what he is doing. Listen to what he is saying. Get involved with what he's trying to, to, to communicate into your life. All right, number four, here we go. This is, is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I'm teaching you, now learn. Where's my teachers at? How many, I know I got one right there. Any other teachers in here? You got, if you're a parent, you're a teacher. If you're a human, you're a teacher. Are you following me here? We are all teaching all the time. Jesus is saying, he's like, look, I'm teaching you something here. Now learn. Now learn. Have you ever taken time? And, and I know you have. But have you ever taken time to put something together to teach somebody? To only think that you're, you're teaching them and then it's like they're looking straight through you. That happens to me every Sunday. <laughs> See, like that? That's good. That's good. All right. Jesus is saying in this moment, he's saying, look, I'm teaching. I've put a lot of effort. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do something in your life. And I need you to learn from this. Watch this. Revelation chapter two, four through five says this. Yet I hold this against you. You this is sad. This is this is for the church now. Do you understand that? You can also apply this to your marriage. But this is for the church. Watch this. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. But watch. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. In other words, you're not going to be a witness of mine. We look at verse 4 and we see that Jesus is the judge here. There's no committee. There's no board. There's, 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 it's Christ himself. He's being the shepherd. He says, you have forsaken what is forsaken? How is that defined here with this word? Neglected. You have neglected the love you had first. We have left our first love. We have become more passionate about stuff and things and relationships and not spending time with God, not spending alone with Christ. We have slowly what? Begin to drift away, drifting from our first love. Are we tolerating? And I don't mean that in a positive manner. 
Are we tolerating Jesus in our life? Are we passionate about it? Growing in closeness and wanting to get to know him in intimacy. Watch this, I saw this quote. Love cannot survive alone. It needs no, it needs, it needs interaction. Love unspoken is bad enough. Love unfulfilled will murder a heart. But then everything comes around here in, Revel in verse five, it says this. Repent and do the things you did at first. Because if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lamp stand from its place. Is your love for Jesus, is it fierce? Is it jealous for him? Should be. And then number five says this, I am working, so let it be done. I'm working, so let it be done. Like, don't interrupt the process. Let me finish this work. Let me complete this work in you. I'm, 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 I've purposed, I've willed, I've planned for your life. Even before you were born, I've done all of this. Don't interrupt what I'm trying to do here. Revelation chapter two, six through seven says this, but you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans. In other words, the religious leaders who are flexing their spiritual muscles here, right? Which I also hate, he says. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Let God work. And if your trust is in Jesus Christ, imagine that. Let God work. Have that trust in who Jesus is. We know what the end result for that is for us, and that's eternity within his kingdom. I want you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to read and close out with these scripture verses with you. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse six, reads this way. And take these verses as inspiration, as encouragement within your life. It's directive from God. But he says this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God, what does he do? He goes where? With you. It says what? He will never leave, nor will he forsake you. In other words, he's never going to leave you and he's never going to neglect you. He's never going to overlook you. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You know, I'm reminded of a passage in the Old Testament where we know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they stood upright, respecting God, did what they needed to do. There was a punishment that was trying to come their way. And so we, we understand that what? These three were thrown into a fiery furnace. And while they're in there and they're looking and they see a fourth within that fire. He'll never leave us, nor, he will, nor will he ever forsake us. When you're in those fiery trials and those, those turbulent moments within life, just as Jesus was with those young men, he's with you too. Protecting you. He's your strength. He's your covering. I find it amazing because as they come out of that fire, 
They're not burned up. There's no markings on them. Their clothes are not scorched. There's not even a hint of smoke coming from them. So the very thing that was trying to destroy them, Jesus was with them in the midst of it. And when they come out, there was no even evidence that there was anything ever there. But I promise you this, they had some strong faith when they went in, believing that God would do something. And when God did it and brought them out of it, how much more do you think that faith in those individuals grew? Why am I saying that? It's because some of you have gone through or you're going through or you may be going through very shortly some moments in life that you're not gonna be excited about. But I want you to know this, be strong, be courageous. We know that what he is with us, he's leading, he's guiding, he's our protection, he's our care. John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. In this world, you're gonna have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome this world. What does that mean? This world, there's gonna be trouble, but Jesus has overcome it. So Jesus has overcome all of my problems already. First John 5, and this is the testimony that God has given us what eternal life and this life is in his son. It's the gospel message. He who has a son has what? Life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have what? Eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. And who is that? Jesus Christ. Bow your head, close your eyes with me this morning. You may be here in this service or you may be watching us online right now or even in our drive-in, I don't know. But maybe you don't know who this Jesus Christ is. The one who's written this letter. The one who is, is, is communicating to us that like, I'm never gonna leave you, I'm never gonna forsake you. The one that, that, that in all humility took on the flesh of man. And, and listen, not only that, but he paid a price that you'll never be able to pay. A price that no matter, no, there's no amount of good works that could cancel out your sin, but the work of one. And it was for all of humanity for eternity. He died on a cross. He was sacrificed, he was beaten, he was shamed. The Bible says he was slaughtered for you and for me. I'm so glad I know who this Jesus Christ is. I'm so glad that I'm in relationship. The challenge set before you today is, are you? And if you don't know who Jesus is, today's the day, today's the moment. Don't let it pass by. So I wanna encourage us as a church, if you're here, if you're watching us online, pray this prayer with me together, all of us. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins to you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died for me. And I receive you into my life. I repent from my old life into what you have purposed 
love you. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. Amen. Now, this is important for us to understand. Is that these points, these teachings that have been brought to us in this letter is for us as a church today. We need to listen. We need to lean in. We need to allow the word of God to be a part of our lives. We need not to interrupt his plan and what he's trying to do. We need to be completely submissive to what Jesus has willed for our lives and for us as a church. Listen, it's not simply for you. It's for those that you impact, those that you are around. Sure, you're gonna get blessing from it, that's great. Why? Because of your life. Why? Because of you being submissive to his plan and his purpose and his will. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you for every single person who's been here today, who's watched us online today. And Lord, the message that you have given us today, God, speak volumes to us. Let us listen to your voice. Let us lean in. Let us look at what you're trying to show us. Let us not interrupt, Father Lord, the work that you're trying to do in the body of Christ right now. You have set us for a time such as this so that your voice can be heard. Lord, may we not silence your voice, but Lord, may we amplify your voice. Make an impact in our families, our workplaces, our inner circles, those that you allow us to influence or even be influenced by. Use us, Father. Let us not take this opportunity and waste it. But Lord, let us take this opportunity and allow you, God, to use us and to work through us, to make a change in the lives all around us. So Father, I I love you. I thank you for your service today that we get to be in here and to worship you because Lord, you desire it and you deserve it. Father, I love you. This church loves you. These people, God, I know they love you. I just pray, God, use them. Bless them according to your will for their life, God, in everything. Father, as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen. Hey, listen, I forgot one announcement. Wednesday night Bible study for adults only will start back this week. All right, this week, 7 o'clock. Love you guys. And the ushers will see you out.